G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking about fearing no evil. And as we live in what many will say are the most uncertain times of our lives, we're talking about how Christians fear no evil, finding courage in a world gone mad. We're back today with outstanding Bible teacher, Dr. Camille Majdali. He is preparing for this year's Understanding the Times tour. And this year, his tour is entitled Fear No Evil. We're going to talk about tough times, about global challenges, pandemics, cybercrime, food security, and even things like fears of a third world war. We'll talk about biblical foundations for Christians who walk through challenging times in a no-fear zone. Well, we're back with one of our favourite authors, Bible teachers and futurists, Dr. Camille Majdali, who leads Teach All Nations. He's just finished a three-week, ten-nation tour of Europe, and he brings a little good news from that trip, which we might talk about. Camille, a special welcome along to 2020. Well, good morning, Neil, and good morning, Australia. And Camille, thank you so much for staying up late and uh, to talk to listeners. You're in the UK. It's 1.30 in the morning, your time. And uh, I know listeners, uh, when they talk to you, they're hoping they're not hearing that you're tired, but you've stayed up late and I hope you've had a nice cup of coffee to keep your, uh, your uh, yourself nice and alert. Hey, but I mentioned you're just back from a tour of Europe. How did things go there? Well, it was one of those dream holidays that you want to do all your life. Take the family, or at least (laughs) much of the family, uh, around Europe. And there's a little bit of fairy tale, I think, that goes with Europe. And part of the thing I've discovered, the fairy tale is still there. Amazingly, despite all that Europe has gone through, especially two world wars and Cold War and now Ukraine war and all that, And when I say fairy tale, we're talking about things that are idealized, things where there's happiness, and yet at the same time, uh, yeah, where the dreams come true. It It was exactly what I wanted all my life. I got to do it. And I dare say I'm not alone. There were so many Australians there. It was, <laughs> and they were easy to pick up. The accent was the giveaway. So many Australians. They, they I guess they believe in fairy tales too. <laughs> when you say fairy tales, uh, there are amazing castles and there are all sorts of incredible churches. Uh, the history of Europe. Is this the sort of fairy tale? I mean, you love all of those sorts of things. So when you're there in that spot where history happened or where amazing castles just look like the fairy tale class, castle, I'm just thinking, I don't know whether you went to the one uh, uh, in Germany there, uh, uh, Neuschwanstein. Uh, so is this the sort of fairy tale you talk about or uh, or are you talking about 
Or are you talking about a religious angle? The you know the five hundred plus years now since the Reformation and the incredible changes in in church life and belief. What what are you saying when you say fairy tale? Well, there a fairy tale can be a fabricated story intended to deceive, but the other side of it is this magical or shall we say supernatural side, idealized. And very happy, you know, happily ever after. When I talk about Europe and the... You're very close to the mark on that description, Neil. I'm thinking of a castle on every hill, an art museum in every suburb, a cathedral on any street corner, classical music wafting through the streets, people who are very informed and educated, you know, they speak five languages each, and, and they live this leisurely lifestyle of... It's for morning tea, they actually sit and have cake and coffee, and nobody's going to rush them. That's what I'm talking about, the fairy tale. And yes, it's still there. The, the architecture, the castles, the artwork, it's still all there. And the one thing that's not there is, of course, the imperial age when they had great empires coming out of Europe, whether it's Britain or France or Germany, Austro-Hungary. The Ottomans were also considered a European power at the corner of the fringe. That part has changed, but the imperial splendor is still there. And, of course, even before our trip, the coronation of Charles III, <laughs> that was a bit of a fairy tale, although I, I have a whole sermon on it, because that coronation was the reminder of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we all need to have in order to function properly. So that's what I'm talking about when I refer to fairy tale. And when you say there's a certain happiness as you travel through Europe, uh, sometimes we could reflect on Europe as being one of the most secularized sets of nations on the face of the earth. And when you think of all of those historic monuments or those cathedrals or those those castles, you've got this sort of romanticized sentimentalism about what those things might stand for. And yet you might say the most secularized place on earth, and I'll get your thoughts here, uh, was it as secular as many will say, or are there some, are there some green shoots of uh, Christian spirituality that are alive and well in a very secularized set of nations? It's very much the latter, Neil. Now, I didn't personally upfront witness shall we say, an emerging revival, because this was a normal tour, and it was whistle-stop all the way through. But from my sources that I'm getting, and, and yeah, a little bit anecdotal, let me put it this way, I was in Europe in May as well, and yes, I was seeing signs of it, that was ministry. But there is church planning going on in this continent, there are people being reached a lot of younger people and they are responding and there is a an uptake in baptisms and it seems to be across the board of christendom including roman catholic and russian orthodox as well as of course evangelical and pentecostal my particular feeling is 
considering the secular invasion, not just of Europe, but of the Western world, and that includes Australia too. Every hand on deck when it comes to anything to do with that names the name of Christ and and holds on to orthodox doctrine, small o that is, uh, we should applaud, especially in in the culture war that we're going through right now. So as you've traveled through Europe, were there signs of people being concerned about what's happening with developments with uh, the war in Ukraine, the Russian invasion, uh, all sorts of developments that we might have even been reading in the headlines just over these past weeks? Is there a concern or are people just living their lives day to day with some sort of assumption that it'll all just work itself out? Yeah, I didn't detect concern among the locals about the Ukraine war, even though the fact is the Ukraine war is a very serious geopolitical threat. And it's it's interesting, while I was on this trip, I was reading a book about the two world wars (laughs) and the, how should we say, the statesmanship or lack of statesmanship in some cases that led to both the Great War and the Second World War. And the the concern with the Ukraine is that we're seeing similar behaviors from the powers that be that could lead to a Third World War, except the thing is we don't want a Third World War because of nuclear weapons, which were not used until the tail end of the last World War. But no, nobody was knocking at the knees or biting their fingernails or consumed with anxiety that I detect among locals in Europe. Our guides, for example, were all young, all single, very, they were responsible people, but they seemed to be carefree. And look, it's summertime, and Europe is the number one tourist destination in the world. So they're too busy catering to their tourists and making money, I think, to worry so much. Though, mind you, there's a big upheaval in France right now as I speak. And that, if, if I had gone through Paris, which I had not, <laughs> uh, yeah, there would be cause for concern. But no, I didn't detect anything like that at this point regarding Ukraine. And uh, just, I mean, I've been seeing those headlines on the news too and not looking too much deeply below uh, images of riots on the streets, but that's all over the, as I understand it, the alleged police killing of a young Muslim man. And uh, so are those religious-related riots in your understanding, Camille? You might not be across all of this either, but, uh, you know, is that something that, uh, you know, you look a little bit deeper than the headlines and there are religious sentiments that are stirring? Well, it probably does involve religious sentiments, but one commentator who I respect called it Francis George Floyd moment because the George Floyd riots in the United States three years ago now, amazingly, it's been that long. Of course, not only three years ago, George Floyd, but three years ago, the start of COVID. Uh, yeah, that, that, was a, that was not religious, except unless, of course, you consider cultural Marxism to be a religion, and there is some good cause to give it that label. But yeah, technically speaking, uh, the George Floyd riots were not, as we would normally understand it, religious. But yes, I think 
in the, the case of the French riots, it could very well be. Camille, you're planning your Understanding the Times tour of Australia, and uh, we'll look for uh, some dates and websites and those sorts of things just ahead. But uh, but so far as your plan, uh, you've got a theme that you're going to be speaking on, uh, Fear No Evil. Uh, what are your thoughts here for what you might be delivering more in a general sense uh, for our Australian audience later this year? Thanks for the question, Neil. First of all, Understanding the Times is started in 2015 and so with a very simple goal to inform people what's happening why it's happening what we can do about it not to do doom and gloom and to scare the daylights out of people but honestly to give them pastoral practical and prophetic input so they can live their lives with confidence this year the theme is fear no evil which comes from the 23rd psalm (laughs) Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The ultimate goal of understanding the times, or UTT in short, is to inspire people to come to Jesus and to invest in their spiritual lives. Because there is absolutely nothing more important than that. Nothing. And so God allows some of the adversity that we see around us to get our attention. He didn't create it, but he can redemptively use it for our benefit. And it is helping some of these world events to wake people up. I am amazed how many people still are rubbing their eyes or not even that far. And that's not to be harsh on anyone. It's it's a fact of human nature. But Fear No Evil is done, first of all, to look at a good review of world trends, especially what's happening in the Middle East. Always keep your eyes on the Middle East because it is the epicenter of just about everything. But a a quick review on what's happening globally with the Ukraine, Middle East, the economy, what have you. And then we go into looking at how do we live our lives with no fear. It is possible. Just look at the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. (laughs) That guy was absolutely remarkable. But he was remarkable, first of all, because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit for the work. But he also had conquered his fear. When you're fearless, it's amazing what you can do in life and the places you can go and the people you can meet. When you are fearless, you are unstoppable bulletproof even. So there is a place in God. Scripture makes that clear. Think of Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, that God will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. And then it goes on to say in verse 4 of Isaiah 26, trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Peace, strength, isn't that what we need? Isn't that what we want? And that's what we want to deliver for our good Australian friends in Understanding the Times 2023. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision Christian Radio. And our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. 
the conversation around the idea of fear no evil, finding courage in a world gone mad. Dr. Camille Majdali is our guest. He leads Teach All Nations, preparing for the Understanding the Times tour coming up a little later on this year. So 1-800-316-316. And you can help direct where our conversation goes. Let's take a call, Camille, from Penny in Jeeveston in Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Welcome. Hello, Neil. Hello, Camille. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, I'm and good. Camille's good too. What are your thoughts here, Penny? Ah, uh, my thoughts are um, something I've been thinking about for a long time. And when in heaven, will we be able to speak each other's languages, speak one language, or... Will we understand each other's language? I'm I'm excited about learning about this, and there won't be any fear there. Well, that's an interesting uh, concept, isn't it? Because uh, while we're all thinking right now about artificial intelligence and uh, one of the issues that really uh, gets overtaken is uh, in translation and everyone gets to speak everyone else's language. Uh, Camille, uh, in heaven, what are your thoughts for Penny? Well, there's 1,189 chapters in Scripture, and less than two of them talk about eternity. And it's not because eternity isn't important. It is of the utmost importance. But there's a lot of detail we don't have. If you want some detail, you go to Revelation 21 and the first five verses of 22 for that detail and the glories of the new Jerusalem. But, the, oh, the other thing about eternity, which is really what Penny is alluding to, it's not just described by what's in it, like the new Jerusalem. I find Revelation talks about eternity by what will not be in it. It makes it even all the more wonderful. There'll be no more, no more sorrow, no more sighing, no more pain, no more cowardice, certainly no more devil. No more death, no more hell, no, no more any of those things. No more cemeteries, crematoriums, and so on. Well, as far as all the other details, I believe God wants it as a surprise. Just like a newly married couple, the husband has built a wonderful home for his wife, and he wants to carry her over the threshold, and she doesn't know anything about what the place looks like until the day they marry. I believe that's part of what God has in mind. And also remember, if God wrote about eternity in Scripture, this planet wouldn't be big enough for the book that would be written. And of course, uh, Penny too, uh, focusing on that thought of language in heaven, and uh, my thoughts go to Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, where the people could hear what the apostles were preaching in their own language. Yes. Is there a sense here, yes. Camille? Is that, is that, do you think, uh, uh, show us a little bit of a taste of what might be coming in the way of communication across all of these languages? I, you know, I've never given it any thought until this came up right now. <laughs> I, I just felt that God has all the details under his control as far as how we communicate with each other. Or for that matter, what are we going to even look like? Are we going to look like younger? Are we going to look like the age we were? Are we going to be frozen in the age we were when the Lord came to get us? I mean, I, I, 
I guess I'm so consumed with <laughs> doing the will of the Lord now, I have never consider, considered what we're going to do when we're in eternity. So, no, I don't have any specific thoughts. Uh, another question, how on earth are we going to recognize each other? Are we going to wear name tags? I, 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 let me put it this way. At the Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah were with Jesus, and I'm pretty sure they were not wearing a name tag, and yet the apostles that were with Jesus knew it was Moses and Elijah. So, there, look, God has given us intelligence, and he knows how to communicate, and so I leave those details to him. But wonderful to speculate, and even thinking of that instance of the transfiguration, how that might even be a taste of uh, what happens in future time. Uh, Penny, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Anne is in Labrador in Queensland. Hi, Anne. Welcome along. Hi. How are you about? Well. Oh well. well. Yes. Thank, thank you very much. We're good. Thank you, Anne. We don't, we don't need to really live in fear because we know God holds the future and he knows exactly what's going to happen. And even though we don't know exactly in our own, in our own lifetime, but Jesus knows and God knows exactly what's going to happen. So all we have to do is to live closely to Jesus, spend time with him in his word, get to know him, have a relationship with him. And when, we, when it does come to the crunch, when we have to stand for what we we believe in then the lord will give us the right words and and give us the right thing to do and wonderful sentiments camille your thoughts for Anne? well i can't disagree with her assessment of what to do in order to be without fear my purpose is of course to give some practical and pastoral input on what to do when facing the challenges, whether it's the personal challenges or whether it's the communal or the global. All I know is like three years ago when the pandemic hit, there was a lot of fear. It was like waves of it and it was universal. And I'm telling you that uh, it is, it's, it's debilitating. It's like paralysis. And it even happens to people who are believers remember that courage which is the goal in fact courage is a command from god himself be strong and of a good courage he said to joshua three times in one chapter alone the courage i've learned is not the absence of fear everybody has it it's human but courage is the mastery over fear and so what Anne has just shared with us is how you master fear and it's not just for special occasions it is a lifestyle of walking with god because god through christ is looking for fruitfulness among those who call on his name to be fruitful we need john 15 to abide in the vine and when you abide in the vine you don't have to struggle or stress or perspire to bear fruit it comes with the territory of living in Christ. Of course, there'll be a, an emphasis, practical emphasis on the word of God, and there will be more prayer in understanding the times. Normally, it is a message. It's not a normal church meeting in the classic sense of the word, but it's going to become a little bit more that way. More prayer, more response from the 
those that are in attendance, and we expect to see God do some wonderful things. Camille, while we might think of big geopolitical movements, things that are around the world, and uh, global pandemics and world wars and such things, my suspicion is that a lot of people are noticing that there are things to be afraid of much closer to home. When you're trying to buy your family groceries at the supermarket and you're wondering whether there's enough money in your account to cover the bill, when the fuel prices are rising at the petrol pump, when it's a cold winter and you're wondering how you're going to pay your electricity and gas bill, have you picked this up? Is this similar in the UK? Was this something that people were concerned about in Europe because... Things have gone a little crazy when it comes to how much money it takes to live. Thoughts from you on rising cost of living? Right. I I believe that this issue affects us worldwide. It's not just limited to Australia. And the interest rates, I think the Reserve Bank is going to make an announcement tomorrow on interest rates, and the suspicion is that they still might be rising. I mean, all that impacts people on a daily basis and look i remember buying my first house in melbourne and i think the interest rates were like 17 (laughs) percent i had never been in the housing market and i enter into something like that and you you know back then god was really good to us and guess what he still is he doesn't change but yes economic issues impact everyone and it's something that everyone thinks about and so on i am a firm believer in walking with god and learning to live a life of financial freedom now financial freedom doesn't mean getting money for all your greeds but it certainly means having money for all your needs and there is a place in god that you can do that and there are things you can live by principles you can implement for that but yeah i would say the economy paying for heating bills and also remember the baby boomers the biggest generation the post world war ii generation they're not getting any younger and so there is also a fear of aging you know we live in a culture that actually treats aging as if it was some kind of disease while worshiping that which is youthful And we need to remember the wisdom of the Asians and others who have a respect for those that are getting older because they're survivors. They're resilient. They live through tough times and can tell us how to do it. And, and of course, you know, I I hear people who look perfectly healthy, but they're almost banking on they're going to be dreadfully sick sometime in the future because they're getting older. That, I think, the fear of aging could be added to the list of fears that people experience in our day. So many things that you might be fearful of. Now, as a Bible teacher, Camille, you're often drawing this contrast, this comparison, what it is to have God in your corner Uh, when you're in the middle of the battle, as opposed to what it might be to be in the battle without God in your corner. 
when we talk about, uh, you know, overcoming fear or resisting fear or uh, doing it even though you might be afraid, uh, what value is there to have this uh, extra tool in your tool shed of Christian faith, faith in God, even though there are fearful things that are going on? Well, it is of the utmost importance that we live a life walking with God. This is, Christian life is not about going to church on Sunday and then the rest of the week we're normal again. The Christian life is just that. It's a life. It's a lifestyle. It's a walk. And I have discovered it's much more, shall we say, when you step out in faith, that's much more conducive for communing with God and drawing strength from him than if you're just living your busy, buzzy lifestyle. I don't think that we can afford to be laissez-faire about spiritual things or lukewarm, as Laodicea learned. We can't afford that because the world is <laughs> it's, it's not even the same world from 2020, let alone 2019. We're in the fast-paced thing. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Much of it we'd rather not know. I get that. we rather not know what's happening in other parts, and even what's happening in Australia, if it doesn't directly impact us. But I do believe God wants us, and that's the whole purpose of understanding the times, straight out of 1 Chronicles 12.32. We have to understand the times, what is happening, why it's happening, so that the Holy Spirit can download to us what we need to do. We can't wisely live our lives and secure our futures sleepwalking. We have to wake up, see what's happening, hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and yes, a lifestyle of faith, a lifestyle based on God's Word, a lifestyle filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the way to face the future with confidence. And I tell you, a person like that is going to definitely fear no evil. I think listeners can hear the importance of what you say, uh, but some might be thinking this I'd rather not know attitude might mean I could wake up happier tomorrow morning if I don't know the things that I ought to be afraid of. Now, it's interesting thing is fear is a, a driving factor in people's lives. Uh, fear is one of those things that is being used uh, to... Uh, to influence and uh, to exploit people. Uh, so interesting, isn't it? If you had this sort of I'd rather not know attitude, uh, you might feel like you're happier when you wake up, but that might not help you when uh, the world is engulfing you. Well, that's absolutely right. Now, let me admit that even myself, as one that teaches God's word and shares about global trends, there are some things I don't even listen to. Uh, because, well, either I know that it's not reliable content, or even if it's reliable content, the spirit behind it is not very good. So what I'm getting at is we have a desperate need for discernment. There are things we need to know, and running from them doesn't make them go away. It has been said that you either can run from your fears or you can face them. And normally facing them is the wise, courageous, and God-honoring thing to do. So, look, we don't need to know everything about everything. But there are certain things we definitely need to know. And in some cases, 
we need to respond. So I think it's important to be one ear. Well, the late British theologian John Stott put it this way. You have to practice double listening. One ear open to the word. That's God's word, of course. And one ear open to the world. You will much better navigate in the present and the future when you are informed, but also informed by the right sources, because there's a lot of lies, misinformation, disinformation, spin, gaslighting, and that's where discernment also comes in. That's a trait that God has really stirred in my heart to share with people. We, We need to discern. We need to be prudent. The prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. That said twice, not once, but twice in the book of Proverbs. It's it's an early warning service, kind of like a lighthouse on the hill. So there are, look, Neil, there are endless possibilities of things to worry about. And remember, there are some many people who are prone to worry anyway, even when there's nothing on the horizon, but they, they're fearful it's coming on the horizon. And they think that by worrying, they're preparing. And of course, that what they're doing is being debilitated. We don't need that. There is a better way. The way of the Word, the way of the Holy Spirit, the way of Christian fellowship, because Christian fellowship also helps us in terms of being strengthened to face tomorrow with confidence. And let's say that's reality. Uh, the other choices are be under deception, or uh, just have your head in the sand and be that uh, I'm not worried about whatever's happening because it doesn't seem to affect me. Hey, 1-800-316-316. Uh, we are talking about issues around fear and the thought of fear, no evil. Let's take another call. Richard is in Alstonville in New South Wales. Hi, Richard. Welcome along. Uh, hi, guys. Um, I had a whole bunch of questions floating around in my head, but the Two, two specifically, the, the first one being, um, you're talking about like a fair few topics like, you know, is World War Three going to happen or artificial intelligence and all that. How, how, how do you approach it when somebody asks you about, say, um, end times and antichrist, but when you talk about things like, you know, World Economic Forum and um, uh, artificial intelligence and, you know, physical currency being taken away and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Camille, point of view. Yep. good thoughts, Richard. Camille, your thoughts for Richard? Okay, well, thank you for that question, Richard. I have all kinds of things thrown at me, and having dealt with end times for a long time, I try to be, how should I say, observant, but cautious, because sometimes it's very easy to describe a chapter and verse to a particular kind of event, and it may have nothing to do with anything, or it may be a false alarm as far as Antichrist and all. So as far as WEF and Antichrist and what have you, what I understand is this. We need to watch, we need to pray, and we need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Also, it depends on how you want to interpret Scripture, whether it is in a specific manner or in a generalized trend. So, yeah, when you hear the WEF, which is a premier globalist gathering, and they appear 
to be people that don't have much time for God, but are very, very enamored by their own specialness. You know, we're an elite group of people, and we've made lots of money, and we want to uh, basically run the lives of everyone else because we think we know best. Uh, when that happens, what is the Spirit saying to the church, to yourself? And again, juxtaposition it with Scripture. It's easy I'm telling you now, it's easy to run away ill-prepared with half-baked interpretations that don't help us grow in Christ, but can be a diversion. So I think, uh, putting it this way, we should be watching, we should be praying, and then the Holy Spirit really will be telling us this is this and this is that. My personal feeling at the moment about all these things, Richard, is these signs must come, but the end is not yet. That, that's the scripture that comes to me from Matthew 24. There, these sign, there are certain signs coming. They are well recognized by students of scripture, but the end is not yet. So because the end is not yet, what do we do? We do what Christ has called us to do, and that is the Great Commission. Yeah, Richard. Anything further to add? Uh, I just I had another question. Um, I was listening to a, there's a guy here in Western Australia that uh, used to be a government official, and he um, he wrote he's written written a book about all the lockdowns around the world and um, the methods different politicians um, uh, have used around the world, and um, he he also mentions that. Um, People are a lot more fearful and a lot more insular. And like, how how do we give people hope out of that? Because COVID's definitely changed things, and you know, and now the the world economically is a different place. Yeah, I guess that's the question. Good. Well, uh, you know, you're talking about people being more fearful now, having gone through the experience of COVID, perhaps fearful that this might come again or it might come in a different form. But uh, thoughts here, Camille, you're a global traveller. What do you pick up along the way? Are people more fearful? Good question. I, I think there is a potential for more fear. But le let me say, when the emergency appears to be over, they go back to normal. <laughs> As I saw in Europe, you would not have known there was a pandemic that locked up the continent for some time, or at least big parts of the continent. To me, what was disturbing about COVID wasn't just necessarily the pandemic. It was the response of government officials and the authoritarian streak that bearing its fangs in a way we have never seen uh, to me, that was far more concerning than even the actual virus itself, as deadly as it could be. Do we have to fear these things? No, we don't have to fear them. But what do we tell people? We tell people there is a kingdom that's coming, there is a king that's coming, and then this kingdom, it's going to be no end. All the things we've had to put up with in temporal realms will be a thing of the past. In other words, it's the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. We can take these fear-inspiring fear circumstances and use them to get people 
to come to Jesus, where they can cast all their fear and cast all their care on him because he cares for them. Richard in Alstonville, thank you so much for your call. Uh, Just to deepen something here, Camille, and uh, not take us too far off track, but uh, really just into the last few minutes for our conversation. And uh, even as Richard raises things about Antichrist and uh, some of those things that we read about biblical end times, sometimes we think that the Antichrist thing is something to be feared. But if you look at the rising authoritarianism that we've seen, uh, all of the rhetoric has been about doing all sorts of things for your safety and making you feel good and putting a hand out in your hand. Uh, There's something here that's quite deceptive about what an end times antichrist might look like. I wonder if you've got any thoughts here, because uh, we often think of, uh, you know, the, the devil in disguise uh, and think that is fearful, but uh, sometimes it looks like uh, this sort of angel of light. Any thoughts here? Uh, good question. There's a lot of information we can glean about this malevolent end-time figure, this fake Christ that we know as Antichrist. And I like what the late Chuck Missler said. He said there was like three dozen labels in Scripture for this guy, and yet we picked the one Antichrist, which is not the best one. It's not even the used in the book of but it's that we're kind of yeah, I think that my at present, subject to revision, is that he will be a very charismatic, clever, smooth personality that will lure us into a false sense of security. I'm reminded of First Thessalonians chapter 5 that says when they say peace and safety peace and safety then sudden destruction comes what you see is definitely not what you get and again it brings you back to the need for spiritual discernment you can't have spiritual discernment if your spirit has not been born again you have to come to jesus and let the holy spirit make you a new individual the old passing away and the new coming because otherwise you'll be a sitting duck for that kind of personality who will offer smooth, simple answers to complex situations. We need to watch out for all that. So understanding who God is, uh, what Jesus did, uh, not only uh, with a salvation through the cross, Uh, but what he leads us into, discipleship, uh, these sorts of things, if these are the focus of your walk as a follower of Christ, those things that even might be deception, that lead us away from those things, uh, while they might not appear to be big, uh, angry, fearful threats, uh, these things as deception ought to be things that we might actually fear ourselves as well, the fear of being deceived. Uh, Camille, having run out of time, let me just point listeners to how they can follow along and be a part of this year's Understanding the Times tour. 
Let me give the Teach All Nations website, tan.org.au. The Understanding the Times tour is going to be on just across three states this year. So uh, a little bit bit smaller than a little bit less... Less oh. impact on your travelling, uh, Camille, but uh, Queensland, Victoria, Shorter and WA. Shorter than usual. Shorter than usual. Yes. So, so you're going to be starting in Queensland, moving to Victoria and across to WA. Is that the plan? Yes. Yes. So, And by the way, I just mentioned we're putting the schedule up in the next few days. So by all means, note the website, but uh, we, we're just getting that underway now. And I and of think course, Vision uh, will have the details as well. Yes, and I think uh, they're not yet on the Vision site yet. So, uh, so it's vision.org.au or teachallnationstan.org.au. And this is just like a preview conversation. We'll have some more in the lead up to the Understanding the Times tour this year between the 9th of September and the 9th of October, basically a one month tour across three states, Queensland, Victoria and WA. And if you're in those states, you might want to look for uh, where those venues might be and uh, see this year's Understanding the Times tour message with Dr. Camille Magdaly. Camille, great insights as always. Thank you so much for taking some time to share them with listeners. Staying up late in your neck of the woods right now in the UK where it's around about 2.30 in the morning. Thanks for staying up late and sharing those things with listeners today on 2020. Pleasure, Neil. Thank you, and God bless Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.